The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. And um, so as I was doing that, so my kids called me a fixer, and that's kind of what I became known as. I was primarily working with companies 15 and below uh-huh. and a lot of accidental entrepreneurs. 15 employees, 15 million. 15, uh, 15 million yeah. and below. Gross sales. Yeah. Okay. So – and a lot of these folks were honestly accidental. A um, lot of them are. Everybody comes on the show, Ken, and they say, "I this show was written for me. I'm the accidental entrepreneur. I'm like, yeah, you and 250 other people that have come up. Yeah, I'm the only one that's not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was purposefully not an accidental right. entrepreneur. Well, that's good. <laughs> all right. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We've got another great guest. Of course, all my guests are great. So, you know, come on. And we're going to talk to Ken about the shift spot and, and all the stuff that he's been doing in his life. If um, you are listening uh, on one of your favorite directories, be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you can. If you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, ring the bells, whatever you're going to do to uh, allow us to keep bringing the content that uh, we've been able to do. I think something like two eight, episode 285 plus today. So, Ken, I thank you for coming on. Let's run the credits, and then we'll get started with our discussion. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. 
Hi, my name is Ken Paskins. I'm the CEO and co-founder of The Shift Spot. Shift Spot is a CEO coaching and peer advisory community where business owners come together to make radical shifts in their business and their lives. Our mission is to help you achieve your vision, reduce risk, and scale so that you can eventually exit. We work with companies 100 employees or less and CEOs with 10 years or less of experience to help bring business balance back to your life. We focus on six core areas such as leadership and management, people and people, sales and marketing, finance and process and systems. Along with one other thing that most communities don't do, we actually have a balance component that actually focuses on mind and body also because we believe that your number one asset is you and we want to put that first. All right, Ken. So uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, for those of people who are watching us on YouTube, I apologize. I used to have, usually have, I was telling you, I usually have a very nice background and then I wore a shirt because my wife was like, you got to rotate your shirt. You're always wearing the same shirts. And I put on this green shirt, forgot what's going to happen with the green screen is my <laughs> body's going to disappear. So no that would have been entertaining though. So you don't have pop like, what was that thing growing up? It was like the talking head. <laughs> yeah. And yeah head, I, I forget, right? but I know exactly, exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Just the head. So that would have been funny. But anyway, yeah. um, I thank you for coming on the show. I was on your show. We've been talking back and yeah. forth and we finally got this scheduled. So yeah, we were talking off mic. Maybe you want to go backwards and talk about your, you know, your upbringing and your, you know all the things you've learned, and then yeah, we can get into in the second half of the show about the shift spot and all the things that you're doing. Maybe yeah, you awesome. So, it, it, I love the name of your show, and I'll be honest, and I love how you kick it off about the accidental entrepreneur right. and how you talk about that. Sure, because honestly, that was my childhood and what set my trajectory, right? So I, I grew up in three generations of entrepreneurs. I was the only guy that didn't do that right out of the gates, right? So I grew up in uh, Indiana and, um, you know, as, as an eight-year-old, eight, nine-year-old, believe it or not, I was working in the cornfields and doing stuff. And I know that as an attorney, that breaks a lot of labor laws and everything, yeah, probably but anything. when they're yeah, when there's nothing to do and your dad has a bunch of farmer friends and you want to make some money, that, that's exactly what you of do. Course. But my father was an entrepreneur, right? And I, I saw him, my mom and him put all their money on Red 32. Uh, we had some great years and we had some horrible years, right? And just ups and downs. And as a matter of fact, I remember as a kid, we went away and we went skiing in Vail one time. Uh -huh. And I remember sitting in these phenomenal restaurants with my little clip-on tie <laughs> eating lobster and all that yeah. stuff. And I think it doesn't get better. Right. Yes. I never want to grow up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then literally coming home and three or four months later, a business going under. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, I'm not going to ask your age. I think we're roughly the same, yeah, but do you ever remember a, a restaurant called Chi Chi's? Chi Chi's? Yeah. No, I don't remember. It was a Mexican place. Okay. And they moved into right next door to my dad okay. and it was a big chain. And put his Mexican restaurant, Pancho Villa, out of business. So remember my mom coming to get me and taking me to the bank to withdraw money so we could pay the phone bill. So that's what they and had. They uh, had a, a, a restaurant. They also had a farm. Uh, no, no. His friends were farmers. I worked for his friends. Yeah. Got, yeah. It, got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that was traumatic. Is, is Mexican? Me. Is that where the Mexican, where the restaurant come from? Is is Mexicans where Pancho Villas was your dad's restaurant? That was the name was of your it, dad correct? Mexican. No, he's no, not. Okay. He just loved Mexican. Yeah, no, there's nothing and, wrong with that, right? Okay. Yeah, and he was a chef. Okay. Ah, there you go. Was Pancho Villa a, a chain or a franchise or something? Or no? No, no, it wasn't. Got it. It's all single mom and pop, private, per, privately owned, small business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I grew up seeing a lot of boom and bust um, and and everything. And I saw my dad making a lot of mistakes. Right. And uh, I knew there were mistakes back then. Sure. So I graduated from Purdue University. Nice. Well, my and son went to IU, so I won't hold that against you. I did not know yeah, that. I didn't know until we started talking today. He actually – Okay. Well, Big Ten at least. So, yeah. Yeah, let's not talk yeah. about the tournament this year. Yeah, well, you guys had uh, – <laughs> did that kid Eddie, he went to the pros. He's going to the pros, right? Yeah, I think He's so. He's enormous. I think so. Yeah, biggest pro. Yeah, he he is. Yeah. It'd been nice for him to stay back one more year, but yeah. but what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Big ten at least. There you go. Um, my my father went to one semester of IU and failed out. Okay. <laughs> so that tells you what we're dealing with. <laughs> okay. Right. So so anyways, um, I've got three beautiful daughters. Uh, I live here in Sandy Springs, Georgia, okay. and you know, seeing that as a kid, I knew that. I didn't want to take that track immediately. I wanted to go out in corporate. I, I wanted to learn from some of the best and be groomed, if you will, a mentor. Now, Purdue's um, primarily an engineering school. Were you not an engineering student? I st- started in that. I did not end in that. But yeah, because they have business majors and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Yeah. So, um, believe it or not, actually, my dream was to become a corporate attorney someday. Yeah. I never yeah, Trust did, didn't do you that. Didn't miss that so. anything. Yeah, so corporate attorneys and not the happiest yeah. people in the world. Yeah, yeah. So how did you so I I around, went to college? But how did you end up in Sandy Springs, Georgia? Was that a yeah? Fair? All right. So uh, lived in Colorado for some time okay. and raised some family there. And uh, actually, that that's honestly what started my career trajectory out there. So right that's after nine eleven, as a matter of fact, your audience can. Well, I'm not going to go over there and grab it. Um. Right after 9-11, I closed a $40 million software deal with a, a company out there called Quest Communications. Yeah, sure. And I remember Quest. Yeah. 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 Most people don't. Right. But um, That was what? 2001. So you're talking like 20, right? 2001 was 9-11? 2001. Talking November 2001. 20 plus years ago. Okay. 22 years yeah, ago. Yeah. So after I did that. I was quite cocky, right? I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and uh, insisted that they put me on their executive track, and they actually did. Okay. Right? So I learned a great deal through that. I went through their executive program and everything. And then for some time, uh, I was in software and high tech specifically and did some pretty big things. So I managed PLs up to half a billion. I've managed teams up to 450 across North America and uh, internationally as well. And um, boy, uh, about eight years ago plus, I dropped out of corporate America and I started serving as a fractional CEO, COO. To smaller businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to take that big business experience and apply it to that. You definitely had big business experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I worked at companies like Oracle and all that and, and had lots of great training and support. Yeah. And um, so as I was doing that, so my kids called me a fixer and that's kind of what I became known as. It was primarily working with companies 15 and below uh-huh. and a lot of accidental entrepreneurs. 15 employees, 15 million. 15, uh, 15 million okay. and below. Gross sales. Yeah. Okay. So, and a lot of these folks were honestly accidental a um, lot of entrepreneurs. Everybody comes on the show, Ken, and they say, I, this show was written for me. I'm the accidental entrepreneur. I'm like, yeah, you and 250 other people that have come up. Yeah, I'm, I'm the only one that's not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was purposefully not an accidental right. entrepreneur. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's a, you, you know, you recognize that there's a huge need because first of all, they can't hire people like you full time. It's too yeah. expensive for them and they, they can't get that expertise. So yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Yeah. How did you start? How did you start? You So you come out of corporate, right? 
How did yeah. you start building your business and saying, how do I find these businesses that, you know, need my services? I mean, fortunately, I was I was pretty connected, and okay. uh, so I got picked up pretty quickly. I mean, I was on I was an advisor for several different boards. It was just introducing me to different folks, right? and literally, I started billing. Yeah, that all I think it was a month, right. a month after right dropping away. out and quitting. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I, I started working with a company that was looking to go uh, to get some PE funding and everything, and assisted with the, them with that, and I. Gained some M&A experience, which has been fun. But uh, yeah, so through that trajectory, I mean, I, 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 mean, I mean, the stories I've gotten, I'm sure you have heard right. them. I mean, the people will start mowing lawns and then suddenly they have crews and then suddenly they have this this monster of a company right. that it's out of control. Yeah, they were good at and, mowing the lawn, but they're not so good at running the company. It's a different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've had people literally ask me, hey, should I scale backwards? Right. Right. Because I had more fun then. Yeah. No, then it's not fun at the top. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, so you work so, with hundreds of companies then. Well, I, I honestly haven't tracked it, <laughs> but it's been quite a few. Yeah. yeah. It's been quite a few and across, boy, every industry. I mean, you name it, believe it or not legal. All right. So CPA firms, I mean, HVAC, mechanical, landscaping, online services, consulting services, you name it. I've kind of have seen them all. And what I can tell you, it, 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 it's the same problems everywhere. Right, right. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So that was what year was that? 2016 when I started doing that. Okay, but so no, it's been, you know, seven years. Seven, seven year. we're eight years, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have some... Yeah. Uh, Without giving away, you know, private information. Do you have, do you have some good stories? I do, and there, there's some sad stories. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah, without giving away, the, the the one that actually they're valuable yeah, stories I, I, to the people that are listening. Yeah, yeah. So I had this young CEO that he had an online business that did like supplements and things of that nature. Um. He was a phenomenal writer, and he was one of those guys that created funnels and things of that oh, nature, right? Yeah. So he's very good at that. Right. And people would come to him to actually learn. And he had the supplement business. And uh, he was late 20s, early 30s. And he called me up. And he said, hey, I've got a, I've got the COO of my business that's running my company. And I think they were around $10 million in revenue. And you'll appreciate this more than most people, actually, because you're an attorney. $10 million in revenue. And, and it's like, we always agreed that if we got in a certain point where we outgrew each other, we'd go different direction. But I don't know if I'm ready there yet. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's her. You know, I'd like you to come in, kind of investigate, maybe coach her up, et cetera, yeah, sure. et cetera. So I started that way. And literally two weeks into it, I was like, you got to fire her. Yeah, just, you got you to gotta yeah. drop her. Really? Right? And, and you need to bring me in or somebody else. What's this that? was his partner? his CEO. Oh, so he, yeah. So she, for the most part, ran the company. He was operating more as a visionary and but he owned the business. So that's correct. Got it. Okay. That's correct. It, works if it was two partners and you're like, you got to get rid yeah. of this partner. Good luck. Well, I've done that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> that's, that's a harder that's conversation. Harder conversation, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when they say, we don't have any paper, right. paperwork. Right. To we, don't have an so, we don't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've been there. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> Fighting over yeah. and recipes and Instagram pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, I, I recommend this and he's like, man, she's critical of the business. She has all these relationships. We just can't do it. We're going to have to unwind her slowly. I'm like, all right, I advise against it. Here's why, but we'll do it. It's your call. 
I can only give you the information that you're now. Involved. Why did so, you tell him that he ought to get rid of her? Honestly, I, the things that I've seen, uh, best way to summarize is I felt that she was cancerous. She was actually working with the different department heads. She was kind of bad mouthing him, it, like toxic, putting him down. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he kind of allowed it too, which was the interesting yeah. thing. So we unwind her and then I got closer with the finance department and I uncovered that she had embezzled roughly at 250,000. That does not surprise me. Yeah. So she did that and we started going you know. through everything. I mean, she's buying iPads for her family, yeah. flights for her family. Nice. Um, you know, I never knew this until that experience, but there's evidently a, a uh, phone company that operates just with prisoners. <laughs> I don't know if it's to record the conversations or what, but she had that line. And and she was speaking to some prisoners. What? She had five different aliases. What? Right? Yeah. So it, we weren't even using her real name. Oh, so, so you just we, were like, listen, this isn't good. You should li-. Little did you know, all these things are happening underneath and he has no clue. He had no clue. We had no clue. Yeah. So first we go to the attorney in Puerto Rico, right? Because that's where he was. He, he went there, you know, years ago, it was, uh, they had benefits to open a company where they're from a tax pr- protection a tax perspective. Thing, yeah. Yeah. And I think they closed that down since, but we went there first and they couldn't advise us because she lived. I'll just, I don't want to get too uh, in a different uh, in state, right. In a specific state. Okay. So we then reached out to an attorney there and the guy is like, look, you may spend a half a million dollars settling this or figuring this out. She could counter sue for lots of different reasons. Right. right? Um, your call, you may or may not win. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and especially I mean, you, when you deal with bad people that have aliases and they're in hiding like that, you just got to assume they're probably oh, yeah, going to be just more than that. Right. right. So question yeah. about it. Yeah. So, so we walked away and um, I helped him unwind the business, unpack the business, sell off some of his IP and his assets. Just wind and down the whole business. The, the whole business. And primarily because he was in healthcare, right? Or, or supplements and everything. So he had these distribution agreements with manufacturers that had certain specs and everything baked in. And, and, and there was all sorts of regulations and she messed up those relationships. She hid information lied misled and all that so we actually tarnished those relationships so he, he literally had no choice but to you know unwind the thing right. or face other lawsuits based upon the predicament now, is he just in. lucky that he met you this would have continued i i think honestly yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i wish i, I wish i was i i, I mean I, yeah, I wish I was that good. Maybe I was. I mean, look, I was like two weeks in, fire the girl. <laughs> were, there, were there other people that had come in and didn't say that? Or you were really the first guy in the door? That he- I was the first guy that actually did yeah, this. Yeah, so he just got lucky that he met you. Yeah, so. yeah. But it was sad. I mean, that that's that's probably my worst. Yeah. The second one is uh, being with a couple and the, the man was the CEO of the business. The woman was the chief revenue officer. It was myself and a couple others, and he got served his divorce papers in the leadership meeting. Oh, God. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. No, that's not good at all. It's like a prophet, <laughs> you know, Marcus Lemonis moment when the, the two couples are like, oh, no, we're very happy and the business is going well, and they're really just suing each other. And Yeah. Yeah. So that must have made for a great meeting. Real good minutes for the corporate. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So did she, in that case, did she leave the business or did they start fighting over who's going to get what? The, the, that couple papers. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up actually selling the business off and completely separating everything. Yeah. So, so so I guess, I mean, we're jumping around and stuff, but a lesson learned, right. And this is what my new book coming out, which should have been out months ago, but it's with the publisher. Now we, it's called 10 ways to get sued by anyone and everyone, a small business owner's guide to staying out of court. And a lot of it is about putting things in writing. You have to have an operating agreement. You got to have a buy sell agreement. You got to have the things, the hard discussions when you're getting along that, Hey, if this isn't working out or we find that you're stealing from the company or whatever, this is what happens. You have these mechanisms mechanisms in place. So when someone like you come in and say, Hey, this is a problem. Let's go to the paperwork. And like you said before, they say, we don't have any paperwork. Now you're trying to figure it out you know, with your hand tied behind your back, same with the lawyers. That's what the lawyer told you, right? What's he going to do? He's going to ask you, well, what does the agreement say? Well, there is no agreement. Well, there is no agreement. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to cost you a lot of money and you still may not win. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess he just uh, packed it in and said, you know what, let's just trash the company and start off. Unfortunately. Did he stay in the Right. And there's so many sad stories. Did he rebuild a new business in the industry or did he just go to a new? Honestly, I I, I don't know. I, I, lost track at that point yeah. but uh yeah I, I i'm not sure yeah there are i'm not sure hundred thousand stories in the naked city you know say yeah yeah so yeah. okay what so where are we now <laughs> <laughs> well so after that journey right i i looked at my father and i looked at all these entrepreneurs and accidental entrepreneurs that i've been working with over the years right and i i saw all these common themes such as, you know, not using data to drive decisions, yeah. emotions, right? right? Um, poor leadership decisions or hiring decisions, yep. right? Throwing bodies at problems versus systems and processes, right? Not understanding, you know, financials and how to read financials or developing KPIs to drive and guide the business. I don't even know what right? KPI so, means. What's that? I don't even know what KPI means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're Get right. About you're it. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw the, these repetitive themes and, you know, and, and quite honestly, I'd love to even hear more of your stories, but, you know, I, I would get these calls literally and, and, you know, the people that have heard this before, I apologize, but it's just amazing. I had this one kid, 26 years old, call me up and he told me he had a, a he created lenses for sunglasses, okay. right? Online, owns a $10 million business and he's 26, 26. 27, okay. somewhere around there. Right. So, um, I asked him, it's like, well, how did you start this company? And he said, well, I was out snowboarding. My glasses broke and I couldn't afford new ones. And so I went home and I machine crafted lenses. And I don't know about you. Yeah. I, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to screw a light yeah, bulb no, in or change air filters, yeah. right? But I, I can imagine if I had glasses, they'd have scratches of off and never be able to see out yeah. of them, right? So suddenly all of his buddies are asking for this to be done and suddenly he has agreements in place with China and all these SKUs put together and everything. And he has this business. He's like, look, man, it's, yeah, I, I have a $10 million company, but I hate my life, right? I, I, my employees hate me, really, right? I, I think I'm making money, right? We have no systems in place. My, my, my people, they come and they go and I'm always losing people. It's like this stinks. It's terrible. And it, 10 million yeah. is gross sales. He didn't know if he had any profit or anything. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so anyways, I kept seeing those things and working with those type of individuals, helping them out. I was like, I wanted to create something where we could help more. 
So thus we created the shift spot. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, that that's all good stuff. And you know what, Ken? I've been practicing for over 30 years and I've been doing this podcast for four years. Everything that you're experiencing is it's a constant theme in our entire lives. It is make the same mistakes. They're afraid, you know, they're either, either out of laziness or fear or lack of understanding. They don't do the things. Look, it's not rocket science. I mean, look, I want to pat us both on the back. We're really brilliant people, but it's not rocket science. Well, some of us went to Cornell. Right. Yeah, it's true. I forgot that. Well, I went to Cornell, but I don't know. I, it was like I was on fire for four years, but whatever. So, um, you know, it's unsuccessful people do the things. Successful people do the things. I just said this in the yeah. last podcast that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. Generally, it's not that they can't do it. It's just that they don't take the time. The information's there. The people like you are out there. The people like me are out there. Go to a lawyer. They don't want to spend the, and they and sometimes they fall into things, right? Just like the sunglass right. guy, and it got a little out of control. But if he had said, you know what, I got a good thing here. What can I do with this? And did some education and like learn some things and see see what people are doing to be successful. He may have had yeah. a been in a different place when he met you. Yeah, yeah. you know. So you work. Well, with here's him? some inter- like what there a success story there or? Yeah, well, with that yeah, guy, the sunglass guy. Yeah, actually, completely turned things around. Uh, fixed, you know, fixed the company. Got it. Got it. Humming. Yeah. Brought in a full time COO to replace me uh, after that, and is in a much better. And spot. he's still in business. But but yeah. here's some interesting statistics, and uh-huh. I know you know these, right? So, ninety eight percent of the companies out there are hundred employees or less. Yeah, eighty nine are twenty employees or less. Right. Most people think of small businesses being one to three people. Right. That's most of the population. Yeah. No, we drive the whole economy. Yeah. Yeah. Now think of this 50%. I don't know if you've ever heard this 50% of CEOs and business owners start learning on the job and the company they create. That makes sense. That was my father. That makes sense. Sure. So, so my father, right. So I, I've been through, you know, training and education and all that. And you as well, my father taught himself about leadership. My father taught himself finances operations yeah. and systems and negotiations and all that right so we got to look at that and then and then think about these statistics 18% of companies fail their first year and 50% fail at, at year 5 yeah. right so we've got and a that lot doesn't of include brilliant- the ones that just struggle and yeah. get through yeah. you know yeah. yeah so we've got a lot of brilliant people out there i mean our country is great because we're creative and we we drive and create things but We've got that, and we've got this uh, a big group that are accidental entrepreneurs, and they teach themselves everything right. per se, and some of them make it, and some of them it's fail. All, right, it's all haphazard. And you know, quite honestly, I, I wanted to, to help whomever I could stop some of that madness. Yes, no, that's what it's all about, right? That's what yeah. the podcast is. That's what I do as a business owner, just trying to help people get a better hold of their business and a better hold of what they're doing so they can have yeah. a better life and enjoy you know, what, what they're doing. So why don't we yeah. do this? we got to take a little commercial because I uh, do get paid a little bit from sponsors, which is nice. good. And then we'll come back. We talk about the shift spot and why you created it, what it's doing and give people Perfect. advice and, you know, do's and don'ts and stuff like that. All right. Sounds great. Okay. Here's a word from our sponsors looking to market and grow your business, or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. 
As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, Ken, we are back. Um, you know, right. it's funny because we're going to talk about the shift spot and the community that you're building. I had this idea in the legal community. I shouldn't even put it out there. It's probably somebody's going to steal it. A while back when we were, I had more of a firm, we were building systems to manage our practice. And I do now. I have a lot of automated. It's more marketing now than anything. But yeah. So we were going to build this business. It was called Legal Pivot. And it was about, you know, pivoting your practice to, because attorneys are terrible. I, I hate to say it. Terrible business. Attorneys are bad at business. Yeah, we get no I know that in you're our legal not. training. We get no business training. Yeah. doesn't count for CLE. Same with doctors yeah, and, uh, as exactly. well. That's why they're all right. selling their practices to hospitals and they're miserable yeah. afterward because they're not busy. Yeah. The problem with doctors and lawyers, the difference is between doctors have a lot more money than lawyers. So they can, they, they can, you know, say, oh, I know this. Some of them, unless you're family. Yeah, practice. that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah. And, but they certainly have the ego to say, I can do this. I'm a doctor. Yeah. If I could save people's lives, I could be a, in business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a different skill. So, all right. So, tell me about yeah. tell me about the 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 whole. I don't know. The metamorphosis is not the right word. The um, yeah. The I, where the idea came from, the shift spot, how you kind of started building that, why, so forth. Yeah. So it, it it came after just dropping in and seeing all these common things happen over and over again, right. and I felt like, well, what's that? What's that movie? Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You know, uh, right, yeah. Yeah. felt like I was w- waking up at 6.30 a- a.m. every single company I'd go in. Right? Same thing. Okay. Right. All right. I mean, and, and I could just rattle off. All right. So no one understands your vision. Uh, we're not setting expectations with right. people. Uh, we don't know where we're going. Uh, we change direction every three weeks. Right. I mean, it was just. You could go into the company, not knowing anything about them and say, let me tell you what's wrong here, probably. And you'd probably be right. Eight out of 10, right? Well, yeah. I mean, so here's something that's funny. So I've coined this term. I haven't heard anyone else use this. And companies such as HVAC, mechanical engineering, construction, landscaping, all of those, if you if, if fit in that category, I've coined it the chaos industries, right, specifically. And I had this conversation with a guy that owns an $89 million painting company, that's right? Big, so That's commercial. That's a big yeah. painting company. 
And when I went through this with him, he's like, oh my God, that's what I have. And so, so here it is. It's like, all right, so you're, you're, you're growing like mad. You've got great cash flow and you keep thinking at each $5 million threshold, things are going to get easy, but everybody's running around like a chicken with their head cut. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, that's right. How did you know? Because <laughs> it gets harder because you need new systems to operate because you have yeah. to know your financials better because one thing's off and you know, now your business is becoming siloed and they're not communicating. People don't, yeah. people don't yeah. get so $89 million. What is he painting bridges? I mean, uh, his, he has big clients like Disney yeah, and things like big that, contracts. right? So, yeah, big commercial businesses, right? right? But you know, I'm, I mean, the guy like he has a race car and all that good fun stuff. But but it's the same thing, and he's working twelve hour, fifteen hour days, and he's like, it's just maddening. I keep thinking we'll get past it. And I told him, and he's actually in our community. I'll keep his name out of it. Uh, but I, I told him, it's like, it doesn't get right. easy you don't get you put it. the basics in right. place. It doesn't, right. You don't grow past it. It gets worse unless right. you do it properly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get the right people That's in, right? A lot, of, a lot of people don't want to focus on that. Well, Tommy, he's my buddy. I mean, yeah, granted, he's late every day and never, never executes correctly and we don't get any results from him, but I love the guy. Yeah, exactly. You can't. I know. And that's fine, but just recognize what you're doing. Yeah, and live right? with it. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, to answer your question, I saw that everywhere, right? And and I was like, look, how how do CEOs go out and how do they gather information? How do they improve and how do they grow? And there's lots of choices out there. There's there's EO, there's Vistage, yeah. there's you you can bring in somebody like me. You can bring you can get a professional coach. You can get your MBA. You can do lots of different things. And I wanted to do something unique and different. I wanted to be able to meet the CEO wherever they were in their trajectory. I wanted to bring experts to them and I wanted to help them solve their, their most difficult problems and give them the ability to do it when they want and how they want. So, so that's a community. It's, it's unique. I mean, we did our, we did our alpha over a year ago, uh, rolled it out. We've got uh, quite a few members now and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. We do 144 events a year and the, 144 events in the, during the year. And it's for uh, small business on. owners, not yeah. corporate C- CEOs. That, no, yeah. no. So our sweet spot is 100 employees or less, okay. right? And CEOs that are 10 years or less of CEO experience. Now, I've had people ask, why do you cap it at 10? We, we don't, right? I, I literally, I mean, there's a CEO in our group that's got 20 years of experience, right. but he wants to improve, Right. right? And generally, once you gain that experience, you've your 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 business has made it past the one year, the three year, the five year. You've got plenty of scars on your back. You probably have figured some stuff right. out. That doesn't mean that we but can't help you. Resources to help you. But, yeah. yeah, but our greatest value is I'm a newer CEO, the one to ten year time frame. Got it. Got it. So, so what kind of resources are they getting? I mean, obviously they're interacting with other people and they're learning and attending your yeah. events. So, what do, what do you do at events? You bring in speakers. You do slideshows. What are you doing? Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk to you about just basically what the user experience is. Um, so the very first thing they do is they fill out this gap analysis on their business, uh-huh. right? And it's something that I've developed through the years. And it is it, it, get, it crystallizes and really helps them understand immediately what some of the areas of opportunity are within their company. So there's a ton of questions in it, but it looks at their finances, their ops, their sales, their marketing, IT, you know, processes or lack thereof. Like and I've had some analysis, CEOs. but looking at yourself. 
Yeah. And it will ask simple things such as, do you have financial controls in place? Right. Well, first of all, what's a financial <laughs> control? I don't, I don't what know. What balance sheet is? You're not in good shape. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it will, it will go through the, some of the basics and some of the hard things such as also, you know, do you, how do you onboard employees? Well, we don't. Okay. Maybe that's why we have employee turnover issues. Right. But it will walk through all that, they'll answer it, and then we'll see those areas, right? So the next step is they then drop in and get an accountability coach that they'll be assigned to. They'll have a weekly meeting with Another them, member? really short and sweet. What's Another that? member? No, no, no. It's it's one of us. One on your right? staff. One, a shift spot employee, right? So that accountability coach will keep them on point uh, you know, throughout their, their user experience, right? And they'll onboard them and everything as well. And then they drop into their choice, but we have uh, these groups set up that help them resolve their issues, right? And it's and this is where this comes a little bit from uh, a Vistage community aspect, but it uses a Six Sigma uh, approach of five whys to get the root cause, professionally facilitated. Okay. And if you can imagine a group of CEOs around together in a room, they'll come to the table with some of their toughest problems. Hey, I got to fire my chief of staff and I've never fired such a critical employee. How do I do right. that? And we'll talk through it. Facilitate like it, get to a solution. Board. It's, it's a group of advisors and you share yeah. right experiences. Sure. Therapy. Yeah. Business yeah. therapy. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll facilitate that, give them a solution, and then they can go execute against that. And then every month we have experts drop in, right? So last month was marketing. So our chief marketing guy that that was a part of the community last month, he was part of the Oprah show. He created the jingle 1877 Cash Now. I don't know, know if you know that. The opera singers, I won't, I, I won't sing it. <laughs> I'm sure you, you, you nor your listeners want that. But he did that. And he's a very, he's phenomenal CMO. And he talked through why investing in the market and why investing uh, uh, in sales during a downtime is actually important and why uh, companies actually after the Great the Great Depression and every recession since, the ones that actually doubled down in marketing yeah. sales came out stronger, right? So he went through things like that. Or a new thing the, these days is how to use marketing to actually increase your brand and attract talent. He talked through those sort of issues. And then next month would be, say, human capital, mm -hmm. right? So how do you, you know, attract talent? How do you onboard, uh, you know, what, the importance of classification? So every month there's a core focus. So it's 144 events spread out through the years, focus on either issues and or professional coaching and the experts every single month. So. All right. Well, I think, I think a lot, I think you're filling a, a need that, a lot of people get into business, they're just selling stuff, whether it's their services or whatever product they're making, and they're figuring it out. And then they don't recognize that going to the next level involves all these different things that they may not be equipped you know, to handle. And then it all starts to unravel. They're miserable. Yeah. They don't realize why their employees are leaving. They're, you know, they're, it's, just, it's just so that you're kind of building it up from there and saying, listen, we can help a lot of people at one time instead yeah. of one at a time. Now you yeah, still have well, the CFO and, business. The what? What's you that? still do the fractional stuff, or that when? Oh, I own that business, so others do that. Yeah, okay. yeah, but 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 he, I mean, look, I I and I, you were just hitting that. I, I've heard that so many times too. Right, right? where somebody starts and they're really good at selling something. Yeah. Right. I had a, a, a landscaping client a couple of years ago, and uh, during COVID, actually, and his business was exploding. 48% growth. His average projects were 150,000 and that's without a pool, right? So big landscaping things. 
And uh, it, it was a mess. I mean, you know, it was a mess as people were constantly turning all sorts of problems. The poor guy was working 15 hour plus days. Because he's a landscaper. And, he's not a business owner. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and uh, he would get so frustrated. He's like, why do my people not understand this? Why do I have to be the one that does everything? How come I ha- still have to sell? And, you know, I told the guy, well, just call him Mike. And that's not his name. It's like, you know, Mike, you you didn't duplicate yourself. You didn't build the foundation. You didn't bring in the right people. Right. So, you know, you solve everybody's problems. You haven't taught everybody to to solve their own problems. Right. So it it was really those same things repetitively that I saw. And then I looked at, you know, I, I looked at how CEOs and business owners can get help. And I felt that there was still a void out there, right? So, I mean, here's another interesting story, if it may. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. So last October, I had these, uh, it was actually longer than that. It was about a year ago. Uh, I had these two ladies call me and they owned a $1.4 million gross uh, virtual admin company. Okay. One of them started in sales and they're co-founders. One of them started as a virtual admin and they called me. It's like, look. This, this place is horrible. We both want to go back to just being employees, right? Our employees are a bunch of babies. Um, you know, everything's out of control. What do we do? And and I'm looking at that and, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm listening to their story. It's like, well, first of all, I can tell you, unfortunately, you probably can't afford me one-on-one, right? Number two, you probably need a fractional uh, HR person, a fractional finance person, right. a fractional COO. You probably got to wipe out half of your staff and bring in new people. But by the way, you got to know how to interview them and everything right else. Way, yeah. You need to look at your systems. You need to look at all this stuff. And their eyes are just glazed over. And, and you know, that's the thing also. It's like, it's, it's for companies like that, it's not one person. I mean, I'm good at what I do. You're good at what you do. You're, you bring your optics to the table. I bring my optics to the table. But the, the beauty about the shift spot is we actually surround them, not only by the CEOs and the other peers, uh-huh. but the experts and the coaches in the community. We surround them, right, at all times so that they can go through that journey together and grow and get the help that they want. Right. So, so it's pretty cool. All right. So let's talk about, so, cause, cause what you're doing is you're bringing in people that are in business already for at least a short period of time and they're messed up and you're teaching them, (laughs) fixing them, giving them new, you know, skills and whatever. So let's talk about somebody gets started in business. Maybe it's not even their first business, but what, what is your advice? Like, how do you get started the right way? Boy, always focus on the basics, right? I think we get too focused on the wins and the sales and the fun stuff, interacting with the clients. And trust me, revenue solves all problems. I you know think that. it does, but not always. Yeah, yeah. But do not do not ignore the boring, right? The boring is all this basic blocking and tackling that, you know, once again, how do I even onboard an employee? How do I actually set them up to succeed? Because cost of losing employee. I mean, there's so much cost associated with that, right? So I I heard this stat not too long ago from Gartner, and this is just a salesperson, but take this salesperson stat and just assume it's half for other roles. Bring on a salesperson, lose them after six months across any industry possible. So high-end software guy to shoe salesman on average costs you $968,000 if they do not turn out. Primary reason is lost opportunity costs, right? So I board them, they get going, 
They're then gone. I recruit another three months, get them going. I'm now a year behind. I haven't closed clients. I've lost a lot of opportunity. And a sales manager is $4 million. So let's say that other roles are 10% of right. that. I don't care if they're 5% of right. that. It's substantial. Hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it's substantial, right? So, you know, focus on the basics, right? And, and you know, as I'd stated earlier, in, in, in the shift spot, we broke it down in very easy areas, right? Leadership and management, mm-hmm. right? So what does that mean? And helping people become both better leaders and better, better managers. They're different. Yeah. Right? So systems and processes, why are they important? How to drive efficiencies and effectiveness, et cetera, et cetera. Finances, utilizing KPIs, understanding how to read all my different financial statements and everything. Successful business owners that I work with, they know their numbers. They know exactly where they are, what they have to do. If they're a, I don't know, commercial cleaning company, they know exactly how many more jobs they get. They got to add a new crew and, you know, they know all their numbers, but a lot of people are afraid of math. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then um, let's see, uh, human capital, or as most people know, just people. Yeah, people. Right? You know, how do, how do yeah. we do it? Determining with that? what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And are the people yeah. that are doing it for you the right people? I'm sure you find that very common, right? People are maybe yeah. they're right for the company, but they're in the wrong position. Sometimes they're not right for the company at all. Or just simple things. I mean, most people, I mean, not most, that's, that's, that's not correct. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say, Hey, look, we, we've, uh, we've made some of our, most of our staff 1099s just because it's more effective. Well, wait a second. Are they really a 1099 or are they, you want to pay in that way? It's <laughs> a big, they've just been clamping down on that even more so. Yeah. So guess what? You've got 20 employees are misclassified and they all live in California. All you owe each of them $250,000 plus. Yeah. Then you got to pay me 50 grand to negotiate your $500,000 fine that you're getting. Right. DOL. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the final thing that we do that I think is really cool is actually the balance component, right? So we have experts come in and talk about nutrition and health and all that and, and post on that as well, because look, I, Back in my career, I burnt a candle at both ends, right, as we all do yeah, when we're younger. To do that, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard work and pays um, off. It, yeah, and it's okay if you have to do that short term. Long term, it's going to bite long you, term, and look, look, you can go about it in healthy. Yeah, manner. absolutely. Do you? Because so, um, I'm a big advocate of this. Um, do you help people in the community to write uh, at least a basic business plan? I mean, to lay things out to you know, a working document where you can go back to your financials and say, where were we? Where are we going? What was our personnel plan? Are we doing it? Are we sticking with it? I find that people don't, you know, put that stuff in writing. They don't have something to look at to go because we don't remember anything. Yeah. So, so we don't do that specifically. However, in the coaching, uh, I I talked about the issue section, we have a weekly coaching call as well. Mm -hmm. And if somebody wanted to bring that to the table and actually focus on how do I build out a business plan? We could work through all the right, basics. But you're doing right? the so, parts. Doesn't have to be a binder, right, with, right? You know. I mean, the first thing is, you know, you want to establish your vision, right? Then yeah. where do you want to go in three years, and then break it down to one year, and then break it down to 90, 90 day components. Right. You know, what is your target market? What is your niche? So we, we could actually do that, but I can't say it's something. Oh, we call out. You must have a business, right? Plan. Right? Right? No, but you're but you're what you're doing is you're giving people skills and processes and tools to evaluate. I, I say there's really four things that you got to focus on, and you really just said them, right? There's your product and service or whatever it is that you make. There's your people, yep. 
you, yep. the personnel, can you do it? Shouldn't you do it? You know, that type of stuff. There's your marketing in your marketplace and how do you market and where do they want the product and will they pay for it? And then your financials. Right. Those are like the four, yeah. you know, main things that you have to focus on that people yeah. ignore. They love the they love the marketing piece. They don't do too well with the personnel piece and they definitely ignore the financial piece. So you got, yeah. they're ha- happy about their product and service. They want to do all the fluffy stuff and they want to do all the marketing that goes with it and they ignore the other half of of yeah. the business till yeah. it's too late and they're miserable. And and here's the cool thing too. It's actually cool for our coaches and others that drop mm-hmm. in. Let, let's say that, you, you know, you drop in and you're a coach in the community and we're talking about legal stuff for the month. Right. And, um, somebody picks you up. They're like, Hey, look, I've got a serious legal situation. I need your help. I'd like to hire in this side. We don't care. And we don't take any money for it. And, uh, my partner, I discussed that at the beginning, but I was like, look, we're not CFOs. We're not, you know, we're not these experts. Right. right? And if they need more depth, if a CFO is actually in there, we're talking about finances, they need more depth because they're preparing for M and A or whatever, charge on, do it. So Absolutely. that's pretty yeah, and cool I think you just help people. It always comes back to you anyway. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Hey, before we get at the yeah. end, I do have a special offer sure. for your listeners. Great. What we do yeah, if you want to, you want to hold it back. <laughs> you just dropped a bomb. All right. So like, uh, actually, if you go for to- another ten minutes, and we're not talking about it yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So so um, where was I with? Uh, I was just going to ask you. A question. Well, you know what? Tell me what the tell me what the offer is, and then I'll remember. All right. All right. So we talked about the gap analysis, yep. right? So when when I was doing fractional stuff, that's what I used when I engage clients. Okay. And it's a $5,000 value. Okay. okay. So if you or your listeners go to the shiftspot.com forward slash gap. Okay. We'll put a link. In- fill out their information. We'll put a link, What's we'll that? Put a link in the show notes. Yep. Okay. Fill out their information for the code. Put the accidental entrepreneur okay. for the code. And we're going to pick two listeners and we're going to go through that gap and we will jump on the phone with them and we will uh, walk them through some of the areas of opportunity that they can focus on. Ken, is gap an acronym or does it is it identifying the gaps in your business? Look, I'm not a marketer, <laughs> so it's a gap in your business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you said gap analysis. There's gap accounting and there's you – know, yeah, yeah, it's not gap accounting. Right, right, exactly. It's it's so identify the gaps in your company or your business that could be holding you back and preventing you from scaling and and adding all that un, unwanted funds. Yeah, yeah. So. I got to say, I'm a little jealous because I, I like doing business advising and I do a lot of it, you know, for people. A lot of yeah. it's legal. It comes back to legal stuff. But, you know, you're really like, it's exciting when people start to do the right things. And, you know, do them the right way and then start to see results and their life yeah. starts to like loosen up and, it they, is. It improves yeah. and they start to feel like they can breathe again. And yeah. it's actually because they probably when they come to you, they probably don't think that it's really fixable. Like they, they, like, they most like of the time that. they don't. And and I'm not kidding you. I mean, I get I, I don't know if owners have ever done this with you. You're legal. I'm coming up more from an operational. So maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But. I have many times had people ask me, should I just scale backwards? Would it be easier? Right. I mean, you know, we have a, uh, we have a, a lady in our community owns a large SEO firm. She's in Germany actually. And uh, I was on the phone with her about two months ago and she asked me that question. She has 25, 30 employees, which is big for an SEO company. Yeah. 
And she's like, man, this just stinks. I, I started as an SEO person. I love this. And I started speaking. And then suddenly I have a company and it's my people. I mean, the same stuff. My people are babies. I got to fire somebody. It's I don't want to fire She them. enjoyed, right? No, I get a lot yeah, of like, she, should I shut the company down? Should yeah. I liquidate? Should I go bankrupt? You know? Yeah. So, cause I just can't, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's sad, but it can be fixed yeah. and you know, it's not, it's not your fault. Right. I mean, especially we talked about doctors. I mean, doctors have it tough. They get all this education and then, you know, they have to know all these regulations and all the hiring practices and everything else. I mean, it, it, there are places to get help. Yeah. And, you know, we like to say that we can fill that void and we fill it better than others. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, it's good to know that there are services out there. And there are. You even mentioned Vistage and some of the other things. If you, you know, but, you know, you know the, the I don't know if it's sad or ironic. The ironic thing is that the people that really need our help, we yeah. don't really get to. It's the people that say that are open to it and say, I want to fix this. I'm not happy. And, you know, seek out the resources, ask their friend and say, well, you know, you should have talked talk to Ken at the shift spot. He's the guy to go to. It's the people that really need the help that don't always find us. Well, you know, that's a a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, that's a litmus test. If if you're going to come to me and look for the silver bullet, it ain't there, Right. Right. You got to put in the work too. Um, there's a way through it, but you got to put in the work and you got to want to help yourself and help your company, period. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a friend of mine, he's a, an entrepreneur, owned several companies, but when he was getting started, I think he had a, it was either a gym or martial arts studio, whatever. He, he put his office like for paperwork down the road from his business. Like he, he rented a separate office so he could literally be away from the business. So it would it's pretty smart. It would run. Yeah. Well, he was always very, he's, and he is very smart. He doesn't have somebody who like he relies on so much. You ever see those businesses where they have somebody who's now, well, like the example you gave with the, with the COO, like the company yeah. so reliant on this person that if they told them, listen, go away for two months on a vacation, the whole company would fall apart. Like, you know, and she wanted obviously those controls because she's doing underhanded things, you yeah. know? So yeah. yeah, yeah. I definitely um, think Mike Michalowicz is big on that stuff. Like, don't be too in, don't be too dependent on one particular person. That's not really a company. Yeah, I, I call it being held hostage. Yeah. I, my my term is a little more threatening, I guess. But I always tell owners, I said, never 100%. allow yourself with any employee to be held hostage. Right. Have a backup plan and a backup plan. So when and if something happens, you're prepared. Yeah, when the person says, Hey, why are you making all this money? You know, I want <laughs> right. more money. And you're like, you have no choice. And yeah, it's definitely a, a problem. And and you don't really have a business if you're relying on one or two people. You, don't. you just have these people that are wandering around doing stuff and they don't know what they're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. And it hurts your evaluation as well. And, um, you know, but all these things that we're talking about also, and I know that you know this, but a lot of companies don't end up exiting. They just die on the vine. Right. Too. Right. Right. So well, I, I was talking to a valuation exit guy and I may get it wrong. Right. So if I do, I apologize. But last week, I think it's 5%. It's very low. 5%. It's very low. Yeah, 5%. So that means I, I generated this thing and my kids don't want it and it just dies, right? You put these building blocks in place and work with the shift spot and round things out and then map out an exit strategy. You can do it. You, you know, can't do it in two weeks, but you can do it if you take a few years yeah. of planning. Ken, I think the reason that the statistic is so low is that a lot of people don't even try. Like they could have quit yeah. their business if they had three to five years to do it the right way and manage their books the right way and have clean financials and things like that. But they don't even think it's possible or they just, you know, peter out and they don't, they don't try. So it ends up being very, 
look, I'm, I do a lot of work for business brokers. People are selling and you get these businesses that are like, I call it magic math. They're like cobbling things together and trying to convince people yeah. why the business is profitable, even if it doesn't show a profit, show yeah. a profit for tax purposes. And they got everybody and their grandmother on the payroll. So they're paying for cars and this. And Look, once Ken, once, Ken, once you buy the business, you're not going to have all these people on the payroll and paying these people and you're going to be making, you know, a million and $1.5 million of profit. And you're like, yeah, but you're showing a loss right now. And, yeah. you know, it becomes a very difficult you don't have a lot. Well, of they want a multiple that's unreasonable, unreasonable. right? Yeah. What do you mean? I'm only worth two x, right? EBITDA, right. right? So, right. But you could yeah. have a higher multiple if you manage yourself well and you did all the right things yeah. and had the systems in place. And you know, that's uh, I. Have, uh, but it takes pl- it takes planning. Yeah, I, and honestly, if you're going to exit, it's a it can be a two. I don't know your experience, but two to three year process and just improving and getting those things in place to be able to get to a point where you have a good valuation. Yeah. Look, you know there's PE companies that buy companies with the sole goal of increasing the multiple that they can sell it for. If the industry's yeah. three to four, they want to be six to eight, eight to 10, 10 yeah. to 12. And they do it yeah. that way because they know what they're doing. So, you know, whatever. Right. Well, Ken, I- Right, they've got some smart actuary <laughs> running exactly. numbers for them. These guys are <laughs> bean counters. But um, yeah. I can't thank you enough. I know you're on the East Coast too, so I know it's Friday. Oh, it's sunny now. It was- Literally, oh, good. Thundering and lightning so bad, I thought it was going to knock the power out. We weren't going to be able to do this this podcast, but now it's it passed. So you're down, you're yeah. outside of Atlanta. How close to Atlanta? Yeah, Sandy Springs. Boy, how far? Uh, anywhere from thirty minutes to four hours, oh, depending. God, on George traffic. is the worst with traffic with Atlanta. I have cousins in uh, uh, Alpharetta, just north of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not far. It could be twenty minutes or four hours. So. Yeah, yeah, that's not it's, far. I, I I lived up there. I just moved to Sandy Springs not too nice, long ago. Nice, nice, nice. So, well, if I'm ever down in the area, I'll look you up. I appreciate it. I'd love that. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes for the code and and the whole thing. And awesome. uh, definitely stay in touch because I love sharing stories and ideas. And if you ever want to, you know, you got somebody needs some advice, I'm happy to do it. And and you know, speakers and stuff. And that'd be great. And ping me when your book is officially. I out. definitely will. Should have been already waiting for the publisher, but we're little guys; they don't care. So we'll see what happens. All right, all cool. right, Ken. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at the Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.